Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Last week, we, we, we asked this question, what is your number one source of stress? And of course, everyone said... Money, yeah, if, if uh, that is not a stress to you, it could be to you at some point, or maybe it has been in the past, and uh, so, so all of us, money, money can, can stress us, and, and here's what I've learned about it. The financial pressure that many of us feel has less to do with how much we make than we think. It really has more to do with what we do with it, and so all of us have financial pressure at times in our lives. And I've really learned while we think the answer to that financial pressure or stress uh, in our lives is to make more of it. Sometimes the answer to your stress financially isn't to make more of it, it's just to do better with what you have. And so last week we talked about that, and I hope you will go back and watch last week's message. I got a tremendous amount of feedback from our church last week on just how helpful it was, and so I gave you some principles of peace when it comes to your finances, and it's, it's really the, the heart of this was from Isaiah chapter 9. And Isaiah says this, for unto us a child is born, we read this at Christmas time uh, many times, talking about Jesus, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful counselor. How many of you are thankful he's a counselor sometimes to you? He's also a mighty God. We need a mighty God sometimes. We need to know that he's an everlasting father, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's with you today, tomorrow, and forever. But then also, there are times in our lives where we need him to be the prince of peace. Now, this is more than just Prince Charming. No, we need him to be the prince of peace. If you look at this word in the original text or this phrase, the word prince comes from the word sar, which is lord, general, chief, the one in charge. So he doesn't just want to be your savior. He wants to be your lord. He wants to be the one in charge of your life. He wants to be lord of your life. And not only that is when you make him lord, you can rest assured that he'll also be your peace. When he's Lord, he'll bring peace, rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, contentment. And so here's what I said last week. And again, I'm just kind of catching some people up that wasn't here. But last week I said this, that the prince has principles. And the prince has principles of peace. And so when it comes to our financial stress sometimes, what we have to know is the Bible has a lot to say about it. In fact, more than half the parables were about money. Not only that, many, I mean, over 3,000 scriptures about money. Jesus talked about it. Jesus knew the tension that would be inside of us. Jesus knew the area where when we started talking about it, there'd be like a, let me, let me explain it this way. Anybody ever had a physical? Like you went to the doctor for a physical, and if you go to the doctor for a physical, a lot of times he'll start pressing on you, right? And he's just looking, like, does something hurt? Does this feel okay? Does this feel okay? You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, oh, oh, does that hurt? Yeah, okay, let's look at that, because that's not supposed to hurt. And so he'll, he'll begin to dig into that area. And you know, a lot of times when I talk about money, that's the reaction that we, like, ah. And I just want to say, does that hurt? Because it's not supposed to hurt. It's really not. Jesus wants you to have peace in this area. That thing that sometimes we want to kind of like pucker up about and, you know, get all tense about, it's okay. 
We can talk about it, and Jesus has a lot to do uh, if you'll let him. If you'll let him be your, your prince, he has some principles that if you'll allow them to happen in your life, he has a lot to do with the amount of peace that will come into your life. And so I just want to say this from the very beginning. These are principles. I'm not saying that, you know, what I, what I gave last week is a salvation issue. This is not a salvation issue. This is not a like, I don't know, if you don't follow these principles, you can't belong here, be a part of here, and, you know, don't drink the coffee from here. No, these are principles that are not for us, but are for you that we really believe can bring you peace. And so I gave you three principles last week. I saved the fourth for this week. And this week, the principle that I want to give you when it comes to our finances is the principle of trust. The principle of trust. Last week, we gave you three principles. Number one being the principle of contentment, that we would be content with the things that we have. We wouldn't live our lives just always wanting more. We talked about, you know, I, I don't want to go back and listen to the message, but this week, the principle of trust. And I thought about this. I've been preparing these messages for the last uh, probably month now and trying to figure out, you know, which, which way to bring this to you. And on Friday, as I was sitting looking at my message for this weekend for the 20,000th time, and I was trying to figure out, God, what is this principle? I have all these notes, I have all these scriptures that I really feel like this is the direction you want for me, but what is the principle you're showing us? And, and then I thought about it for a minute. And I thought, it, it really is the principle of trust. It's the principle that says, in God we trust. I want you to look at this image now, we don't use these anymore. This is money. We use debit cards or credit cards. And there's nothing on it but your name and some numbers. But at one point when money was, was printed or when this was printed, someone decided to put a reminder on here. A reminder on here that would remind you something really interesting about your money. That you could either trust money or you could trust God. And so that's the principle today. The principle is, who do you trust? Do you trust in your money? Because those that trust in money will never have enough of it. Those that trust in money may be filled with stress, or do you trust God with your money? I can feel the tension already. I made the money, so I trust myself. Who gave you the breath that day? Who gave you the wisdom to do that? See, sometimes we forget that it really is all his because he, in him we live, in him we breathe, in him we have our being. And so the, the, the question is, will we trust God with our money? See, it's easy to trust the Lord with our souls but it's very hard to trust them with our money. God, I'll trust you with salvation. I'll trust you with my soul. I'll trust you with my marriage. I'll trust you with my job. I'll trust you with my relationships. But this area, and can we just talk about how messed up that is? I mean, honestly, to say, God, I'll trust you with every part of me but this. And then the one thing that we don't want to trust him is, is the thing that will burn up. The thing that you cannot take to heaven with you. And so when it comes to 
to our treasures. We either are storing up treasures in heaven or we're trusting, we're trusting in our money here. But God would say, you're trusting me with your soul. Can you also trust me in this area? Proverbs 3, 5, we read it a few weeks ago. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And just some of it, but all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your own understanding says that, 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 you know, that, that money is off limits to God. See, don't trust in your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him. See, I want to submit my marriage to him. I want to submit my life to him. I want to submit my soul to him, my spirit to him. And I also want to submit my money to him. Because he's either, what, Lord of everything, Lord of all, or he's not really Lord at all. And so I want to show you three areas this morning when it comes to, to trusting God with our money that I think can make a significant difference in your life and, and it's going to come with a challenge at the end. And for some of you, 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 you're going to hear this challenge and you're going to be like, oh man, not again. I've heard him talk about this once or twice before. And you know, I, I don't really know. For some of you, it's, it's a challenge that you've taken and it's going to be confirmation to you that, wow, this is a really good thing. I wish my neighbor or the person to the right or left of me that's struggling, I wish they could take this challenge and, and understand this challenge. And I want to say this before I give you the challenge and talk about these areas. I am not the boss of you. I'm not. I'm not the boss of you. I'm not the boss of your money. I cannot tell you what to do, and you don't have to listen to what I do. And again, this is not a salvation issue. It's a trust issue, and you get to determine who and what you will put your trust in. And so I want to give you three areas before I give you this challenge that trust, when it comes to trust, that, that, that we have to work out and understand about it. The first is this. It's a lordship thing. When it comes to the idea in God we trust, you have to know it's a lordship thing. What do I mean by that? Well, in Matthew 6, 24, it says this, no one can serve, how many masters? Two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. And this is on the tail end of one of his longest sermons in the Bible. And this is red letters. They should have put it in red. Honestly, next time I, I want to show you this because this is red. This means Jesus is speaking. In red letters, Jesus is saying about our treasure, about right a few verses later, he's going to say, seek ye first the kingdom of God. All those scriptures that we have memorized and we've got to understand the context in which this, this scripture was buried in. It's in the context of where we will put our trust. And he says this, you can't serve two masters, you cannot serve both God and money. And so here's the question that Jesus was, was asking. If we were to boil this down, here's what he was saying. Do you have money or does money have you? Do you have money or does money have you? in which you would say, I don't have enough money and so money cannot have me. But I can promise you if you have any at all, you're probably richer than most of the world. And so do you have money, Jesus was saying, or does, does money have you? He wasn't saying the, you know, money was bad. No, the love of money. 
See, we, we've got to understand this, and this is a huge principle when it comes to trusting God in the area of our finances that I think sometimes that we don't really understand. We think when we give and all that stuff, it's like this like cosmic killjoy up in the sky that just wants our money and wants things from us and wants us to live a miserable life and doesn't understand our situation. I, I, I just want you to know this, that God doesn't want to take your money. He doesn't. He doesn't want to take your money. He just doesn't want money to take you. That's what he was saying here. He was saying that if you're not careful, you will grow to love money. And if you love money, you will take your trust off of me and put it on it. And so a lordship part of this, it's a lordship thing is really Really us asking the question and answering it, who or what will be master or Lord in my life? Because you cannot serve both God and money. So not only is it a lordship thing, but the second thing is it's a heart thing. If we're gonna trust God, we've gotta start with the, the reality that he wants to be Lord in our life. Meaning he wants to be Lord of your finances. And so the Bible is full of scriptures on, on peace principles to make sure you can have financial peace, not financial stress. And again, this is not prosperity, but what it is is what Kevin said a minute ago, blessings come with obedience. And so God's word is full of blessings for us that we can tap into that really does open the windows of heaven. Heaven is ready to open, to send something down into earth, but we've got to choose whether or not we'll grab a hold of it. And oftentimes the blessing that God has for us that doesn't always look just like financial wealth. Come, and I would say always come on the tail end of our obedience saying, God, it's a lordship thing, and so I'll obey you. But it's also a heart thing because the Bible says for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Explain that to me. Okay, I will. What gets your money gets your attention. Let me say it this way. What you spend your money on reveals what you care about the most. What you spend your money on, show me your bank account. Show me your Amex card. Show me your statements. And I can tell you what you love. You love shopping. You love DoorDash. You love new shoes. See, there's a there's an affection somewhere that reveals, reveals what's in here. And again, I'm not saying that like shopping is bad. But again, you will either control your money or your money will control you. And so it's a heart thing. You get this. Anybody ever bought a new vehicle? When you first get that new vehicle, nobody's eating in it. All the seats got, you know, seat covers on it. And then slowly, over time, your heart drifts from it and you want the next new one. But, but when your heart's in it, when you do get that new iPhone, bro, you're getting a case on it. 
You're going to make sure it doesn't drop because it matters to you. And so it gets your affection and your attention. The same is true with our money. What you spend it on reveals what you care about. And so when it comes to trusting God, I, I, I just, there's, a, there's a question to be asked today, and it's this, just like, who do you trust with your money? And so it's a lordship thing. It's a heart thing. Your heart does reveal itself when you look at where you spend it. And so if you're stressed, let me just help you. If you're stressed financially, last week I gave you some very practical tips you know, uh, principles, have margin in your life, be, be content, you know, be generous, all these things. And if you're stressed in your money, I want you to go home and I want you to print out the latest statement. I want you to look at your credit card statement, your bank account statement. I want you to get a highlighter out and I want you to notice your trends. It will reveal something and you will either like it or you will hate it. It will either bring you peace or it will bring you stress. And so it's a heart thing. Number three is this, it's, it's a first thing. It's a lordship thing, it's a heart thing, and it is, it is a first thing. Proverbs 3, 9, right after trust in the Lord with all your heart, acknowledge him in all your ways, submit to him, and he will direct, direct your paths. Just a couple verses later, that was verses uh, three, or chapter 3, 5, and 6. In verse number nine, it says this. It says, and honor the Lord with your wealth. That's not supposed to hurt, okay? <laughs> honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. Here it is, blessing and obedience. Blessing, your barns will be overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. I could give you about 30, 40 scriptures this way. It's all throughout scripture. With your money, with your time, with any, anything that you're investing. Putting, but specifically with your wealth. This isn't talking about your time. This isn't talking about your talent. See, a lot of times we have a big misunderstanding is, well, I gave God some of my time, so that was my, you know, my tithe or my generosity or whatever. And I get that, and that's great. But, but there's principles that are very clear when it comes to, to, to this area of our money. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your first fruits. See, this is a first thing. I love what what, what, what Deuteronomy 14 says, it says the purpose, and this is, this is a word for many of you that really scares you, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't hurt, honestly, tithing, it's a principle, all right? The purpose of tithing, the Bible says, is just to teach you to always put God first in your lives. This is why I tithe, by the way. I tithe personally because I wanna make sure that I tr I'm always putting my trust in God, not money, and I know what you're thinking. Well, that's an Old Testament principle. Okay, it's a principle. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do this. It doesn't change how, you know, God is looking at you per se. Well, that's an Old Testament thing. I can't afford it. The number one thing I've heard when it comes to tithing, you, you gotta get this, and it's not just tithing, give, pick a percentage, I don't care. The tithe means 10%, if you wanna know. 
And, and I'm not going to Malachi, but you could read Malachi. It's the one scripture everyone talks about when it comes to tithing. Jesus talked about tithing. So it isn't just, you know, you know the, the law. It was actually in the New Testament. Jesus mentioned it. He said, don't neglect it. It also predated the law, but we won't go there yet. Pick a percentage. It teaches you to always put God first in your life. It's just a principle that says, okay, a practical way I can trust God is to give him the first. And again, you might say, well, I, I just, I can't afford to do that. Well, I want you to pay attention to the tension. I want you to pay attention to what that creates because here's, if, if you sit back and answer that question internally, let's think about it. Well, I can't afford it. Well, most of the time it's because it's not first. Because if it was first, you might not be able to afford that expensive car. You might not be able to afford that mortgage. You might not be able to afford that lifestyle. And so it's, it's a first thing. I love what John D. Rockefeller said when it came to, to giving and percentage giving and giving God the first. And he said this, I would have never been able to tithe my first million dollars if I would have never tithed from my first salary, which was $1.50 a week. See, you'll never do it when you make more money. You won't start trusting God when you have more if you can't trust God with what you have now. I think a lot of times we're like, okay, God, give me more and I'll trust you. And God's like, I won't give you more until you trust me. He provides seed to the sower. It's a principle. You don't have to like it. You don't have to follow it. But if you do, it'll bring you peace. It's not a have to. It's a get to. See, I want to seek him first. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be. Blessing follows obedience. Seek first in your marriage. Seek first in your finances. Seek first in your soul. Seek first in your job. Seek him first. I want to live a God first way. Once you write this down, if you're taking, I hope you're taking notes, by the way. It, it, you won't remember all this, and on Friday, you'll, you'll forget half of it, but you'll, you'll want to come back to this, and so take, take some notes. There's five things you can do with your money. You can spend it. Got that one down. You can repay debt. You can pay your taxes, hopefully. You can save it, and you can give it. I want you to see what these things show right here. You can spend it, that's me. You can repay debt, well that's me because I bought things for me. You can pay your taxes, that's kind of Uncle Sam but kind of me because I made some money and so, you know. You can save it, that's me. You can give it, God and others. Me, 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 God and others. And this is the way most of us live. And here's what this is saying. And, and again, it's a principle. But the principle says this is me first living with some leftover giving. I don't want to live that way. That's not the way trust works. I want to trust by making it a lordship thing 
making it a heart thing and what I, I give to reveals what I care about and I wanna make it a first thing where before anything gets my attention, he gets it. And so today I wanna ask you to do what I, I love, uh, 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 Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book called If Money Talks and, and he said this about our spinning. He said, sometimes you gotta learn how to flip the script and here's what that means. You've gotta flip it. This is how I wanna live. I wanna spend it on God and others. You flipped it, but not this side, so let's. Number one, I want to give it, God and others. Number two, I want to save it, pay my taxes, repay my debt, spend it. What would it look like if you learned to give, save, live on the rest? God first, me second. God first, me second. You know what I think it'll do? It'll bring God into your finances. It'll bring God into your world. Please don't take a picture of this the way it is. This won't (laughs) write down the way I said it. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna live on the rest. See, the ultimate litmus test, I believe, is this. The ultimate litmus test for our devotion to God, I think it's our willingness to put him first, especially in the arena of our money. Is he first? Again, this is a principle that can bring peace. And I want you to have peace in your finances, not stress. I want you to have financial peace. I believe our heavenly father wants you to have peace. But you're gonna have to learn contentment. You're gonna have to learn margin, saving. You're gonna have to learn generosity. But before those, we never do those until you learn trust. You trust him, he'll help you with your contentment. You trust him, he'll help you with your saving. You trust him, he'll help you with your generosity. And so, is God first? Or is everything else first? Flip the script, try it. For a lot of our church, You live this way. You put God first in your finances. You were told as a little child to try it and money never got a hold of you. For some of you, you're like, this this kind of feels like it hurts a little bit. Kind of feels like something I can, you know, I can't do. I I, I just want to throw out a challenge to you. I want to challenge you for the next two months to not let money have a hold of you. And I wanna challenge you to choose a percentage of your income. Not a dollar amount, but a percentage. And not a half a percent. Something that you feel. Something that you actually have to rearrange some of your life around. Something that there's a level of like, okay, this is teaching me something new. And I want you to give it away as soon as you get paid. 
And just, just for the sake of anyone thinking right now that this is about us, I don't care who you give it to. I believe in the principle of the tithe. I tithe to the local storehouse. But if you want to give it to the Salvation Army, give it to them. You want to give it to a friend in need, give it to them. I don't care where your money goes, but pick a percentage and get it out of your hands and say, God, I'm giving this. I'm giving this because I don't want to live me first. I don't want money to have a hold of me. And then I want you to think about the conflict as you do this that it's creating in you. If you've never done this before, Right now, you're thinking there's a conversation in your head right now. There's a conversation that you're thinking that you're going to have with your spouse on the way home. There's a conversation you're having with me in your head right now too. And I want you to think about those and I want you number two, and it may be as equally as important. I want you to do this. I want you to pay attention to the internal tension that this conversation is creating. And I want you to ask the question, what is at the center of my resistance? What is at the center of your resistance to put God first? I think as you begin to dig into that and you begin to listen, you might discover some things. So you might discover at the center of the tension is, is who or what is going to be master or Lord of your life. Who or what are you going to put your trust in? Will you put your trust in God or will you put your trust in money? Pay attention to that tension because you might realize the tension really isn't about money. The tension is about trust. And as for me and my house, in God I trust. In God I trust. In God I want you to trust in your marriage. In God I want you to trust in your job. In God I want you to trust in every area of your life and in God I want you to trust in your finances. Because Jesus said it this way, you can, you cannot. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve two masters. See, if your money could talk, you know what your money would probably say? It would probably say, I'm a better servant than a master. Don't put me in charge. Don't put him in charge. Your money it's a way better servant than a master. What if you told your money what to do instead of your money right here in your heart, guiding you? Maybe you won't work all the long hours that you think you need to work just to accumulate more. Maybe you won't sacrifice your family on the altar of a paycheck. Maybe you won't sacrifice your contentment for more. None of those things are bad. 
None of those things are wrong. But you can live one of two ways. You can live his kingdom first, my kingdom second, or you can live you first and him second. And if you're living him second, do you really trust him? I wanna close with this and I wanna pray for you. Until Jesus is first in your finances, Jesus isn't really first. You're not a disciple until he's Lord of all. I don't want anything from you. The bills are paid. This is not a place of need. I want something for you. And I don't want money to control your marriage. And I don't want money to be a stress in your home. And if we can learn to put him first, you may not get more of it, but he'll give you peace with what you have. And you're gonna do this. And and let me tell you, this doesn't mean the debt goes away. The really hard conversation may be on the back end of this, of deciding, did I really need that? Or did I just want it? And pay attention to the tension. And I think if you do so, you might discover a God that is there not just in the areas that you've given him, but a God that wants to be there in the area that's off limits as well. And so may you give it to him and say, I'm flipping the script and I'm putting you first. 60 days, try it. Pick a percentage and pay attention to the tension. Can I pray for you? you're here today and you're like, this is why I don't come to church. This is all they ever talk about. We don't want anything from you. Please don't give. We don't, we don't need it. It's, it's, uh, we just want to help you. And what we want to do more than anything is to not just introduce you a God that wants to be Lord over your finances, but a God that wants to be Lord over your life. And so today, if you've never made him Lord over your life, you'll never be able to get this part right. Today, your starting point is to say, God, I'm putting you first in my life. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you all of me. If you're far from God and nobody looking around, please, right now, maybe a private moment. But if you would say, you know what, what I need to give today is my heart to him. I'd love for you just to raise your hand. I'd love to pray over you. If you're far from God and you would say today, I'm ready to put my trust in him. Can I pray for you? Would you be bold enough to slip up a hand to call upon the name of the Lord? Anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
For the rest of us, thank you. I see your hand, man. For the rest of us, I'm just praying that God would seal this in our hearts. That there would be, there would be a tension in you that would arise that says, God, I want you first in every area of my life. So God, I pray for those that are putting their trust in you for the first time. And I pray for those that, that are re-putting their trust in you by saying, God, I give you all of me. God, I pray you would take our lives. You would use them for your glory. And may the thing that gets our heart affection the most be you. May we live you first, me second. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.